Hello everyone and welcome to itsyourseason.life where we are discovering and living life at any age. I'm Lisa Boson. I'm here to introduce you to people like you and me who have rediscovered themselves, stretched their abilities, and to me, kept their light under a bushel basket. I hear their stories and think, wow, that is so cool. These are ordinary people doing the extraordinary. So what are we doing? Well, you know how you'd love to hear your peers succeed, get inspired by those who just try? That's us. That's itsyourseason.life. Don't forget to follow us on our website, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm there sharing weekly updates and, of course, what's in season, be it people, food, feelings, and nature. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of It's Your Season.Life. It is Tuesday, December 22nd. It's my pleasure to welcome our guest today, Ellen DeLapp. She is an organizing coach, she's a productivity consultant, ADHD specialist, and her motto is make time and space for what's important to you. So I'm thrilled to make time and space to visit with Ellen, and I want to thank our guests for making time and space to listen to this IYSL podcast today. Welcome, Ellen. Thanks for joining me. I'm so thrilled to be with you here. Lisa, thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome. Gosh, I have, I can't believe I've known you almost 20 years now. So, and, Amazing. And, yeah, it's amazing. And that was just about the time you were getting started in this, in this new field, actually. So just to kind of get us started, just tell us how you discovered this new field at that time of organizing. Well, that was before the time that there were so many shows on TV. So I live in the greater Houston area. And I had been uh, semi, you know, just doing lots of different things. They all revolved around calendars and organizing. So I had worked part-time at a community college. I had worked part-time with administrative responsibilities. And I saw an article in the Houston Chronicle about the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. And right away, I thought, that is so me. I had been thinking about returning to my original profession, which was education, and I thought, wow, this would be a perfect fit for what I love to do, what my strengths are, and how I can help people. So, and then how did you, did, was there a class? Did you, was there, were there groups? Kind of, how did, how did it evolve? So right away, I joined our National Association, and there are classes. They were at conference sessions, so I attended conferences to learn about not only how to build a business, but also how to work well, like the psychology behind organizing, some of the skills behind organizing. And so uh, as time went on, I earned my Certified Professional Organizer designation. And then uh, along the way, I've also earned several certificates of study and specialist certificates that have to do with working with people who have greater challenges that have what we call brain-based conditions such as ADHD, bipolar, chronic disorganization. So I'm very much a prolific learner. I'm an education junkie. So very much I thought about how can I be best trained to work with the populations that I'm working with. So that's really fascinating because organizing, you know, tell me I'm wrong, seems to be more than, 
you know, just sorting and sifting. There's this whole psychology piece to it as well. Can you expand on that a little bit? Absolutely. So what I find is that, especially during these times, people have realized, oh, it wasn't necessarily that I didn't have the time to do my organizing. I just don't feel really good about doing the work or I don't know where to get started or this is super overwhelming to me or for a long time I've had the same problem with setting aside time to get organized and so there's a lot of background in how you know you think about your stuff and how you interact with your stuff and how sometimes um, the stuff can be such as retail therapy coming in for, you know, a lot faster, especially right now, we find like the uh, proliferation of Amazon boxes coming to our houses. We don't even know what's in them sometimes. So it's very important to know not only how you think and what works best for you and to know your strengths, it's to, uh, for me as a professional, to know that I can offer my clients um, a wealth of knowledge to help them do this work and we partner together to do it. So, so thinking about that, I have two questions. So my first question is, uh, and this may not be the exact best way to ask it, but I'm mulling in my head how to ask it, is kind of what is your favorite client or type of client or do you have a favorite? So I am very grateful that I am honored to work with clients with ADHD. And so I was what I would call um, called to service to work, kind of like I, I thought about my teaching career, more as a calling and a service to others. So what I love about my clients is they're very smart, resourceful, creative, but they have come upon obstacles with executive function and planning. So I love my work with them because we are making breakthroughs every day that make their life better, make their life less stressful, and make them and their families happier. So I would say that's definitely my favorite client. And some of those clients, um, they're primarily women that I work with, but they are from you know, any age, any um, socioeconomic level. Um, so it's really rewarding because we have a very unique trusting relationship that is very intimate in our work together. And so I think that's another reason why they're my favorite clients. Oh, I love that. I love that call to service because so many times, you know, we have these interests and all of a sudden there's just this really finite niche that really calls to our heart. Um, you know, what, what spoke to you about ADHD in particular, or was it just something that was a super duper match? You know, I think what happened was um, my uh, non-judgmental nature mm -hmm. called to the clients themselves. So when we would have an initial conversation on the phone, that started that trust relationship with my clients. Um, I think what called me to them is they're just really smart people that I work with. And I love that, that um, how engaging they are and how fun they are to work with. So what might be um, kind of your first steps with someone particularly that you're working with that has ADHD? That, this is to help anyone out there that you know, might have family members or may have ADHD themselves that might need some assistance with organizing whatever it is. Yeah. 
So a lot of times um, my clients start sharing their life stories with me again, which I find fascinating because they have usually had many careers and their life stories have traveled many journeys. And in that initial phone call, they share, share with me what's been a stumbling block for them. And then in our work together, we set up time, a series of appointments to work together. Some of my clients are virtual and the work is very strategic and we're working on, you know, how to set up systems and processes and routines, which is the hardest thing for people with ADHD. And then some of my clients, it's really just getting in the space with them and, you know, digging things out and helping them make decisions because that's often a stumbling block because there's many considerations and decision-making can be complex. And then for some of my clients to get started, we're just really talking about how to let go of things and their emotional attachment and some of their core values really drill down to these feelings of, I haven't um, taken good care of my things. I haven't used them. They were such a blessing to me and I, that I've wasted that blessing. So there's many emotions as you can hear from my conversations with my clients that help them gain new perspectives, much like the coaching that you have talked about, I'm sure, as well. So I, I picked up four things from uh, what you just said when you're helping clients, particularly with ADHD, is, is helping with routine, setting that up, and then decision making, and then letting go, three, and then, you know, really, um, maybe not addressing, but, you know, taking into consideration core values of what things are and, and how to let it go. Um, you're also a certified family manager. What I love about our, um, our certified manage, family manager program, um, that certification isn't um, currently available. Mm -hmm. It was a program through Kathy Peel, mm -hmm. and that is helping families with collaboration, communication, organization. So these are all things that... Um, help you find ways to uh, do things easier and better for your family. So would that be relevant? How relevant is that in this time when, you know, I know I've got young families around me in my neighborhood and, you know, they're like all four of us here together trying to go to school and trying to work at home and have a routine and have operations and not get cluttered. Is, are you finding some relevance in, in, in this last year with, um, with the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many ways that routines are such an important part of school age children's lives. And this year we have so many problems with routines because of people having kids at home for a certain amount of time, them going to work with them, a lot more complexity due to what's going on with COVID. But family managers help with family meetings. Mm. They help with families set up routines, they help families declutter their homes, they help them celebrate event, family events together. So it's very diverse and a lot of fun because, again, the core of all of what every family wants is togetherness, and this is helping togetherness happen. 
And I love this idea of focusing on the family. And I mean, I know I certainly didn't grow up with what I would consider family meetings. Um, so I, I could see how, you know, just that overall communication would help with just this, you know, the bonding and the emotional experience of being a family. Exactly. Families, um, the communication, even though people are all in the same space, they're not necessarily giving enough information of what's the next steps and how will we work together doing these things. Those are all the essence of a family meeting. Oh, that's just lovely. What, what other kind of words of wisdom would you tell our audience about the importance of, you know, family management? I, and that's just a new term to me, family management as well, of, you know, what that experience is like and what it can do for them. Well, I think with family managers, uh, so many times we're not thinking about um, how what we do every day has an impact over the long haul. And just starting with some of the simple things like writing on a calendar, having a meal plan. Having a meal in America right now is one of the most complicated things. I'm sure you see this in the work you're doing already, is you know feeding our families and as a result, just some of these small ways that we nurture each other can make the biggest difference. So when you work with families, is there a checklist or tell us a little about your approach when you start working with families? When I start working with families, sometimes I'm working with the mom, sometimes I'm working with the student. So as we get started, we, we hone in like, where can we make the biggest impact with the easiest strategies and so sometimes we start in the kids spaces sometimes we start with the mom in her closet so it can be varied wherever we're going to be starting uh, and different family members can participate like sometimes it's the husband and the wife sometimes it's the um, two partners it could be a partner and a child so you know it's just in listening to what the goals are of each family member and where their struggle is is where we can get started first and that struggle usually leads to um, bigger projects within the house. Like thinking about what's easy to get started with is usually where we start with any family member as well. And you know, and now there's uh, multi generations in households. Um, sometimes just because of the pandemic this last year, you know, families oh, yeah. blended together, and that adds a whole other layer of trying to get everyone together and have space and their own, but, but at the same time come together and, and, um, and bond and have that time. Excellent. Yes, definitely. There's more and more, um, multi-generational families and that need for organization is very strong because they're living in a much smaller space. Okay. So just, uh, uh on the same subject of family management and your clients, I'd love to hear if you don't mind sharing with our guests, maybe a story of a working with a, a client uh, that really touched your heart, maybe changed your practice, or just it was like total inspiration of why you do what you do, where you really made an impact and a difference. If you could do that without uh, harming the uh, uh, coach and client relationship. Sure. So I had um, a single mom that I've been working with for quite some time now. And the first time that we met, I mean, it was just so overwhelming, her paperwork, as most paperwork comes in such a, um, comes in so quickly and it's so overwhelming. And this mom had left an abusive husband, 
had two children and was really completely overwhelmed in her space and thinking about. And prior to this, she had been really a very organized person and as a result, just needed some push to get started. We were able to get all of her paperwork organized, get it to the point where she could maintain it every every month. And as a result, like it was really life-changing to her because not only did she feel less anxious about all the stuff at her house and about the paperwork, she just felt like all of a sudden she could maintain being that kind of mom she'd wanted to be for her two kids. And it was really a dramatic change in her life. So, you know, I'm just totally ignorant here. One, I'm just in inspired that the single moms have an option to help them to wade through this. But what paperwork is there? I mean, I just, is it legal? Is it, is it, or just all of it, kind of all this stuff you do to set yourself up again, or? So it's legal documentation, it's financial documentation, because a lot of uh, single moms really have to be concerned about how they're spending their money and, and what they're, um, you know, looking forward to for their children to um, have them, you know, go to college in the future, things like that. So the variety of paperwork in all of our homes can be um, something that comes regularly to pay a bill. It could be something that has to do with a loan we have. It has something to do with upcoming taxes that we'd be preparing for in the long run. So these are all the kinds of papers that this woman had that had really gotten out of control. They were spread all over her house in different places as they came in. She'd leave a pile in the kitchen. She'd go on and leave a pile in the bathroom. She might leave a pile in, um, you know, in the garage as she's coming in, in her car. So to gather all the paperwork together, which, um, you know, when it piles up after several months, feels very, very overwhelming. And then to create a system so she could find what she needed when things happened. And then for her to maintain it going forward where she could, um, even though you can pay your bills online, you still need to have some of those papers from time to time when something happens, like accidentally your credit card uh, expires and it came in the mail, but you're not really sure where the credit card might have been because you have to give the utilities the new credit card number. So there's a lot of pieces of this that can get very overwhelming for people. Well, what freedom she must have felt when you, you really gave her this gift of independence, um, you know, where she could uh, kind of get all this organized and then and then just feel more confident about being a, being a mom and being a parent and, and being there for her children. Right. It really just frees up a lot of mental space for you to attend to, like we said, what's most important to you, as you said, to make time and space, not only physical space, but mental space for what's important to you. So what is one thing that your organizing and coaching um, does for clients that maybe you didn't expect? I didn't expect to relieve the emotional burden that people have when they feel overwhelmed. I didn't expect that um, the burden they carry about why don't I know how to do this? Like, why didn't somebody teach me this? Where did I miss this along the line? Like, did there was never a class about this, but everybody else seems to be able to be doing this, but why can't I do this? So that's really something surprising to me. 
Yeah, um, you know, I, I had read a lot over the last, you know, decades on and off, you know, how much we should almost have home economics or bachelor survival or consumer science or something back in the schools to lay some of this foundation back in there that is just a piece of what you're doing, but there's certainly, you know, relevance to it as well. What makes you feel inspired and what jazzes you up about this? You know, I, I always tell people, I really love organizing, but I really love my clients more than I love the organizing Aww. even. Like, I just love the connection that I've created with people. And I especially saw this during um, this time because I have had clients come back to me that um, I have worked with long, long time ago. And because they felt so uncertain about so many things, they knew our trust relationship was so solid that um, some of the things that we might explore together uh, that uh, were not traditionally in a role that we might have together, um, you know, finding a new job, feeling more certain about how am I going to create some stability in my life right now considering all the uncertainties. So it's really about that connection that I love with my clients. So that keeps me moving forward. Many I've been asked, like, why don't I have employees? And it's really because I love my clients so much. And I don't want to share them with other people. <laughs> and so I love the work we do. And the um, it's one of the jobs where you can feel like you have such a huge impact and What's reflected back to you is so much gratitude mm -hmm. that it's like very, you know, it's very tender-hearted what I'm feeling when I'm working with people. And especially because they're super vulnerable and they do feel like I must have missed this lesson somewhere <laughs> along the line. And so, yeah, it's very inspiring for me to know that our relationship is enduring and if you have something that's you know where you face a bump in the road come on back because we can do this together again however you need it done well it's got to be very gratifying to know you know you're helping people just have a better life um just i mean space and time is so important right now as you said whether it's mental or physical space but you know, it's just, it's so important to just having a well-rounded life and, and being able to enjoy it and those around you. What's something that people might seem to understand um, or misunderstand more likely about organizing and what, what do you want them to know? Um, there's no one size fits all is what I'd like them to know because people tend to think that there's one right way to do this and there's um, a perfect way to do this. And I like to say uh, whatever works for you is the right way and organizing is a journey. It's not a destination. So every day we're doing some organizing. We're not going to get to the point where we don't have organizing to do. And those two things are common misconceptions. Like I'm going to get this done perfectly and then I'll never have to go back to it. That is mm. not the case. Mm. We're going to be doing this for a long time and we're going to do it on a regular basis in order for us to not only feel really good about it, but also make it easy. Okay, so I know my guests are going to want to know, are you as organized in person as you are with your clients? 
<laughs> I always get that question. It's like, I bet your house is perfectly organized. And I like to say my house is organized enough. I am, you know, in, I, I'm married, I have kids, I have grandkids. And so we like to say like, we're very efficient about our organizing here, but there's nothing perfect. Like it's always a work in progress for all of us. Yeah, so um, thinking about what is maybe one thing we didn't include today that you want to be sure and highlight. Um, maybe I didn't ask the question right, or maybe we just need to pivot just a little bit. What's one thing you do want to be sure and include today? Um, well, I'd really love to encourage people to always remember that there's people there to help you. And asking for help isn't a sign of weakness. So I really want to encourage people to think about if there's something that you're not finding the solution for, reach out and ask for help. And that help can look like a lot of different things. It doesn't have to look like somebody in your family. It's someone who can coach you along in the process. So they're not necessarily giving you the answer, but, or that could be somebody who's just being a partner in the process, like another set of hands. Or it might be someone who's an expert that you really want to look to their strong expertise to help you. But I think as a lot of times people are reluctant to ask for help and I want to encourage people to reach out, whether that's organizing help, whether that's financial help, whether that's help rearranging the furniture in a room, whatever that is. So and something that's hard for people to do. Yeah. and. You know, we reach out to our families, but sometimes they're not always the best to give us really uh, neutral advice. And, and But something you said really resonated with me that I learned in coaching, that coaching isn't about telling the client what to do. It's, it's asking good questions and, and, and doing self-exploration. So they're really creating their own solution. Is that true with what you're doing with clients? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really people know the solution. They need some validation. Sometimes they need a little tweaking. I like to call it so that it's a little bit more uh, their style. So absolutely, like we're looking for inside you is the answer. We just need to help you get to that place. So what do you want to be your, maybe your next steps or your legacy as you move forward with your organizing, with, particularly in the categories and specialties that you have? So I've thought about that a lot with um, the uncertain times we are in, and um, I would say that it always comes down to connections and relationships. So that's always going to be my baseline. Like whatever I pivot to next, like I've been doing some virtual organizing, which helps people uh, through um, meeting through FaceTime or Zoom or things like that. But it is always going to come down to the connection that I create with people that's going to make the biggest difference for both of us. Well, and you just, gosh, you do, you do virtual consulting and coaching, so we need to hear more about that. So how can, how can we find you? And if people want to consult with you and, um, and partner with you, how will that work in this day and age? Um, how, do you, how do you work that now, Ellen? So if people find me through my website, professional-organizer.com, we have an initial consultation as if we were meeting in real life in person. And once we establish, you know, goals, we determine our, our meeting 
whether we'll be meeting by telephone. A lot of people really do prefer not a visual meeting because they're not really ready for that step. And some people prefer they're very strong visually, so they want us to meet eyeball to eyeball. So we're meeting by FaceTime. Any of that, there's so many ways that we can meet visually now and not be in the same space. And what I love about virtual organizing is it's often a baby, baby step. And some people aren't ready to do a lot of organizing right now. Their lives are a little bit in flux, but they need to, to make a change in a small way and feel really good about it. And that's where virtual organizing really works. The other thing is it's great for people setting new strategies, like thinking big about what direction am I going? And it gives everybody who um, is a verbal processor, people who talk through what they're thinking to get clarity, it gives that opportunity because frequently, again, people aren't sure, who do I talk to about this struggle that I'm having and feel comfortable and feel that I can work through it without people. It's very easy for us to say, and we see this all the time, oh, that happened to you? Just go do this. And so people often want to process more about like, what is that? And what does that look like? And how would that really happen for me? And maybe that's not the best solution for me because I'm really strong in this way, but everyone's told me perfect example is using a um, electronic calendar or digital calendar on their phone. And a lot of people that is not a really great strategy, mm -hmm. but everybody's telling you I should be using my phone because it's with me all the time. <laughs> so, so this is where virtual organizing and virtual coaching really come in is that you can work with someone who fits your needs that is not in your community. I'm really hearing that because we're kind of cloistered with our pandemic, there's no reason we can still move forward with getting ourselves organized and we can do that very well through various virtual mediums, whether it's, you know, on the phone or on Zoom or face to face, really depending on how what people's comfort level is and how they process. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I know we have a lot more opportunities that are a real blessing despite yeah. everything else. Yeah. So lasting comments, and then we want to know um, what would you like to leave us with, and then also be sure and let us know how we can reach out and find you. Um, well, first of all, I really want to thank you, Lisa, because you and I connected a while ago, and I just want to share how grateful I am to have the opportunity to talk with you and share how organizing can make such a huge difference. I think we all know that, and more so now. So... Thank you for this opportunity. You um, can reach me at my website, professional-organizer.com. I'm also, of course, on social media. I love social media. I'm on Instagram as Ellen Delap CPO, which is Certified Professional Organizer. And I'm on LinkedIn as Ellen Delap. So those are easy ways to connect with me too. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. And I'll be sure to include those in the... Um podcast uh, details as well um, so thank you so much it was so great to reconnect with you and I follow you and and I'm just like she has so much going on and so um, sharing and so giving with your knowledge and um, and have just really expanded you know your offerings and 
and um, just the different resources you have for what people may need at the time at their time in their life. So thank you so much for joining me today, Ellen. I so appreciate it. Thank you. So that's a wrap for today. We have so enjoyed you being with us. I hope you learned something new, got some inspiration, and you are ready to move forward with your own new season. Remember, we are living life at any age. Take some time to visit the other social media sites. Give us some feedback. Shoot me an email on Facebook. And remember, until then, stay safe and keep on living. Cheers.